Hey everybody, this is Al. Uh, welcome to What Do You Think? Uh, so I'm recording an intro message because uh, so Top Gun Maverick, our Top Gun Maverick review is actually our longest review, and it was uh, a review with our first guest host. So uh, and I went on vacation immediately after this, so I do apologize for taking so long to get this thing out there. Uh, but more importantly, uh, because it was the first time with our guest host, we were a little looser with kind of the parameters of what the conversation would be. And just to put it mildly, we do get into some pretty biggish spoilers about the movie. So uh, I know we always guaranteed that our reviews wouldn't have big spoilers. Unfortunately, this one does. So uh, if you haven't seen the movie and don't want to be spoiled, I would suggest you hold off on this review until after you see the movie. Or if that doesn't bother you, uh, I really hope you enjoy our review of Top Gun Maverick. Thanks. Welcome to What Do You, what do you Think? I'm Al. I'm C. And today we have a very special guest, our first guest host. Please, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jay. Woo! Hey, guys. Hey, oh, Jay. We are, oh, we what are, an honor. What an yes, honor. We are so happy and so honored to have Jay. Jay is a... Jay is a, a fellow filmmaker friend like us. Uh, mm -hmm. he, is, uh, he is a proud, proud uh, artist, uh, proud feminist every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Proud, proud men's rights activist every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And he runs uh, an all-organic uh, pig toe jam farm on the side. It's really nice. Yeah. Pretty tasty stuff. He's really big on uh, MMA. You know? And uh, fruit wine, not wine made from grapes, fruit wine specifically, hyper specifically, just those. Let me ask you guys something. How many, how many listeners are we up to? 13, 14? <laughs> believe it or not, believe it or I not. Imagine, I imagine it's like and then like two other people with C-nos. <laughs> and they're definitely not high when they're listening. Um, right, right, okay, right. okay. No joke. No, I'm going to bleep out the guy you mentioned. But no joke, mm -hmm. no joke. The the guy he he's kind of become obsessed with our episodes. No, he loves so. listening oh, to yeah. us. We're apparently we like the best white noise for him, which is great. <laughs> uh, but no, believe it or not, uh, believe it or not, we have like around thirty listeners average. Okay, all right, dear dear thirty listeners, I want you guys to know something real quick. <laughs> this whole podcast idea uh, was my idea. <laughs> I was the one who said, "Hey guys." We need to have a podcast. We talk about a lot of stuff, and we just we record it. And then, like, not only that, we had a freaking rehearsal episode where we just like talked about a random movie together. And like, yeah, we could do this. We could do this. And then I moved out of the house. I moved home for a couple of years. And the next thing I know, these guys have a podcast together. They didn't tell me. They didn't invite me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also see, want to point see, out this yeah. is up there with the BoJack incident. <laughs> oh god. Oh my yeah. god. I yeah. also want to point out that when 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 Jay first proposed the idea of a podcast, my response was, "No, we're not that interesting. That's a terrible idea." Like I legit <laughs> thought it was a bad idea, and then I fucking do it. <clears throat> like, let me sink lower into the mud. Let me believe <sighs> believe me. I was the asshole that said, "This is a good idea." And then Al does it, and I'm like, "Okay." It, I just, it's, it's my charisma. It's, it's undeniable. It's sure. magnetic. That's, you know? that's what it was. I was, you didn't have a gun when you were asking me. Definitely not. 
Well, I mean, you know, it, I, I, I always feel but, like... But, Jay, let me be clear. He wasn't pointing the gun at me. He was pointing the gun at himself. <laughs> to be clear. Oh, so we're normal Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. You, honestly. you, you. All right, all right. Sorry, I'm sorry. Let's, let's, we can... We're, I, folks, this is going to... Jay's a really close friend of ours, and it's going to happen a lot where we get off topic, and that's part we of the have, beauty of it, but I will... We have I all will, lived together. We, we know things. We know yeah. things. We know too much about each other. Exactly. Way I'll too put. Much. I'll put it this way: <clears throat> for reasons I cannot describe, my thighs have touched Jay's shoulders, and I can't get into it. Mm, well, that was a good day. You know. The, the, <laughs> you know. Uh, talking about you were men, grateful. Men anatomy touching other men anatomy. Let's talk about Top Gun. Oh uh, yeah, we saw Top Gun, folks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, usually, <clears throat> Jay, how how we'd like to start out these reviews is that. Like I try to find something like related to the movie and ask like a question about that something related to the movie, um, and but this time you know, or oh, I'm gonna bleep that Jesus, out. Jesus, Al, whoa! I gotta bleep that out. Uh, but uh, C can go fuck himself. Can I? Uh, you're the guest of honor. So Jay, um, here's my question: What? What's your what are your thoughts on the action hero action hero era of Tom Cruise? Essentially, mm. uh, basically, arguably started with started with the third Mission Impossible film. Uh, then he did uh, Night and Day, and then it really started hitting its stride when he uh, when he made Ghost Protocol. What are your kind of your thoughts on this current era of Tom Cruise movies? Um. Pretty revolutionary, honestly. Uh, I mean, if we, if you if you think about it, like, I mean, I mean, you also have to compare like what this, how they made this Tom Gun versus when they made uh, the first Top Gun. But you know, what's been really impressive about Tom Cruise's career, especially in his late forties and fifties, is that he's doing his own stunts. But on top of that, those stunts are absolutely ridiculous. Like in Mission Impossible, he's going to strap himself to the side of a plane. Or for Top Gun Maverick, he's going to sit in the backseat of an F-18 and pull some very serious Gs uh, for a movie. And I think... I don't think it's something that everyone should do, but it's also like something that helps transcend his movies. Mm -hmm. So like, like, like you go see a Tom Cruise movie for the spectacle because you know he's going to do something crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know it's going to be like 100% real and authentic too. So like it 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 adds to the whole experience. So I would definitely call it revolutionary because it's it's something we haven't seen before. So out of out of all the these films again, it's kind of starting with the third <clears throat> Mission Impossible because uh Jay, you bring up a really interesting point. Uh he like when he started off doing his career, he was basically doing like he did Top Gun, he did Thunder mm. Thunder Road, no, uh, uh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder, thank you. He did Days of Thunder. He doesn't do anything else in the action realm. I mean, I guess you could say Born on the Fourth of July, and then <clears throat> uh, in the nineties, he 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 does uh, Mission Impossible. But his action oh. movies are literally just regulated to Mission Impossible, um, and. Yeah, by the time he makes Mission Impossible 3 in 2006, I believe, he kind of, like, literally the year after, he does Lions for Lambs, a Robert Redford movie, and that's, like, his last straight-up drama, which is what he was known for at the time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, again, <clears throat> kind of got the ball rolling in this current era where Tom Cruise is now an action hero. So my question for you, uh, just to kind of continue on this topic, what has been his action film that has most impressed you? What has been the action film that <clears throat> you can say, like, this this is literally elevated just by the presence of Tom Cruise. So basically, you're, you're the one that impressed you the most and the one that you were like, eh, it was whatever, but Tom Cruise elevated it. Hmm, the mummy. That's a good question. <laughs> God. Uh, what was... Uh, I, there's so many Mission Impossibles. I can't remember all the names for it. What was the one where he strapped himself to the plane? That's uh, was that two. Was that two movies ago? Two. Uh, that was that ago? was Rogue, Rogue Nation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the last one with Henry Cavill? That was Fallout. Okay. Those two are my answers. Really. So so so. <clears throat> Fallout. I love Fallout. I thought it was a. I thought it was the best Mission Impossible so far, but. Uh, it 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 probably could have been made without Tom Cruise, but Rogue Nation, where he did that plane stunt, where he took the initiative to do that stunt and everything, um, that was that was the one I think really elevated with him him being there. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, okay, so now see now now we can yes, we Al. can igno- we can acknowledge you. Yes. Uh, same thing. Yes. Ah, asshole, <laughs> asshole. You're just, I mean, you, just want, you just want me to do a lot of work. Anyway, yes. um, so basically my question to you is like, what have you been your thoughts on the current era of Tom Cruise, the action hero era? So <clears throat> for me at first, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. But as he stuck with it and just upped the ante every time and didn't die and even hurt himself like not that that's not that you want an actor to hurt themselves obviously but the fact that he's really like pushing his limits like just impressed me more and more and more and now I'm like completely on board with it um I'm I guess for a little while I thought it was like a shtick he was doing but now that you can tell he's like fully he's clearly been fully in it for a while like I'm I'm genuinely just impressed by it mm-hmm. and what he's, not always, what he's done. Not only is he getting hurt doing these, but they're using the takes in which he's getting hurt too. No, yeah, that's true. They used when he that hurt his true. leg, when that he broke his true. ankle. Yeah. That, that's very true. Um, so again, what's been the movie that's impressed you the most and what's been the movie that you're like, this would have not been a, this would have been a not good movie, but Tom Cruise turned it into, you know, what Tom Cruise are we does. Are we calling Edge of Tomorrow an action film? Yes. Oh, okay. totally. Totally. I'm just asking. Uh, then that's my favorite of his action era. I really, I was going into it, and in a weird way, I was going into it also not expecting too much. I heard it was adapted from a manga called All You Know Is Kill. All and You I Need Is like, Kill. Or All You Need Is Kill, okay. Um, and I thought, it was like, okay, you know, sometimes when, when, when you get an, an, a Hollywood remake of something like this, it just doesn't really work for various reasons. But I saw this and I was very impressed with both the performances, the action in general, of course, and this, I just liked, I liked the idea. I mean, obviously it's, we've seen it, it's Groundhog's Day, but with aliens in action, but you know, sue me, I really liked it. Um, I also thought that uh, Tom Cruise gave a, a little a little levity to the performance as well which was really nice to see like it was action of course but it was him 
it was him. He started out as like someone who really wasn't good <clears throat> and just got better from doing it thousands and thousands of times. So I think I really, I really enjoyed that. It really honed that. Mm-hmm. As far as an action movie of his that where he alone elevated it, huh, um, uh, I will say the mission, of, I don't, um, the most recent Mission Impossible movie, not that I thought it was going to be bad by any means, but just to see all he went through and all he did for that was just so impressive. Um, Because, yeah, that was just really impressive. And again, we're just talking the action movies. I'm not saying this is... I'm disagreeing with you on that one. But go on. Okay. So I think... No, no, okay. Um... Because I think overall the story, and granted, it's also because I haven't seen every Mission Impossible movie, so maybe for me, because I had missed a few here and there, I was like, okay, clearly this villain is important, but I'm not getting it because I'm not seeing, I didn't see everything here. But even besides that, if I acknowledge that I missed some of that, I think just seeing all he did for that was really quite impressive. Um I'm also legitimately excited for the next, the, the part one that he's, the trailer that has just dropped. I'm very eager to see that. That looks really exciting for me. But I'd say, again, just speaking from the action movies, that's what I'd say. Now, Jay, you said you disagree? Yeah, well, because cause with, uh, with Fallen Nation, um, <clears throat> all right, sorry, <laughs> I keep getting the names wrong. The last one with Henry Cavill. Fallout. Yeah. So follow okay. So follow and then Rogue Nation. So Rogue Nation for me was the one that impressed me that needed Tom Cruise to elevate it. But my reasoning for putting uh, follow as the one that like could didn't need Tom Cruise was because we had already seen that in Rogue Nation. But what elevated follow for me was Henry Cavill. Hmm. And was that addition of like a compelling bad guy who does the switch and everything and that. That's what. That's where my answers go. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And Henry Cavill was definitely the stronger acting performance of the two. That I completely agree with. We see, mm-hmm. we, he earned the mustache, so to speak. But um, <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh... But, but I still think I was. I was just so impressed by. And at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that though Tom Cruise certainly can act, I'm not disputing that, but he plays a very similar type of performance, which plenty of actors do. This is nothing new. But it's the Tom Cruise role. It's the very it's, basic Tom Cruise role. Yeah, it's the Tom Cruise role. And I think for that movie, a Tom Cruise role is exactly what we needed. I also will say I, my favorite Mission Impossible movie is still Mission Impossible 3, but it's not because Tom Cruise, it's, that's not because of Tom Cruise. It's because Completely. of Philip Seymour Hoffman, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's exactly. It's, it's absolutely because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's the best villain. He ab- in all of those movies. Yes, he absolutely okay. is. Okay, that's funny. And I just want to add a fun piece of trivia. So the reason Henry Cavill got cast in Fallout was because he and Tom Cruise met when uh, when pre-production on on uh, uh, Man from Uncle was underway. Tom Cruise was originally going to play the solo, the American spy. And Henry Cavill was going to be the Russian spy. But then uh, Tom Cruise had to drop out because of Rogue Nation, because Rogue Nation was needed to be in uh, production immediately. And Guy Ritchie was like, well, who am I going to play your character? And Tom Cruise was like, dude, Henry Cavill has like, he's like a superstar. Cast him. 
And then obviously <laughs> Army Hammer, famed cannibal Army Hammer, was cast as the Russian spy. So fun, fun bit of trivia there that Tom Cruise has apparently been high on Henry Cavill for a while. Also, fun bit of trivia, not related to that movie, but related to a Tom Cruise movie. Um, on the original Top Gun, the uh, current leader of the, and I think we all kind of knew this, but the current leader of the Church of Scientology, David Miscavitz, was on there. Miscavige. Scavage was on there daily and they'd hang out all the time. Like he, like there's photos of them. Like he, what's really funny though, is if you look through a lot, at least half of the photos, he's dressed exactly like Cruz and it's very freaky. That's... And, and you look at it and you're like, I don't know whose idea this was. And you really, when you really think about it, you don't know whose idea, you don't know who asked you to do that. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Um, so here, here are kind of my thoughts on the action hero era of Tom Cruise. <clears throat> It's interesting. I at first was like, I would, I, at first I was like, okay, he, he's taking a break from all the dramatic roles because, you know, he, he probably was like, oh, I want to stretch my wings out. And it just became this thing where I'm like, oh, no, he, he wants to make up for all the action movies he didn't do in his 20s and 30s. Mm. Um, and I, I'll admit, I, I kind of had my, my turn uh, with, and listen, I, I know it's not a movie you guys like, and it's probably always going to be on the lower end of these when they rank the Tom Cruise movies. But mm-hmm. and I don't even like it because of Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I adore Oblivion because of the music, okay. the score. Oh, no. I love Oblivion. Yeah. Oh. Oblivion visually and music sound wise, music wise is incredible without a so, doubt. So like Oblivion, I loved it. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise can be an action hero. And I watched it over and over and over again. Like like. You know, it wasn't on any streaming service, and I couldn't find it on like a Blu-ray when I was in college. So all I did was I just kept renting it at uh, Prime Video. Seriously, um, but yeah. oh, it's so funny you mentioned that you love Oblivion because do you know what he directed? The same no, director. Exa- exactly. There exactly. We go. That 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 was actually why I was really high on Top Gun Maverick because I'm like, well, Joseph Kaczynski, he uh, he directed a movie I really like, and again, I love it for me. Oblivion was when I realized, oh, digital photography is gorgeous, and I want to see more of this. But in any case, um, so that that was kind of when I was like, oh, I'm I'm really impressed. Um, but my one B answer to that, like, what was the Tom Cruise action movie that really really impressed me? I I, I gotta say, um, it it would have to be Edge of Tomorrow for this one reason. Uh, Tom, we, we all know, I mean, we're not going to get into like the personal details of Tom Cruise's personal lives. I mean, we, we all know, we all know what he, what he does, blah, 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 blah. But that creates the assumption that this is a guy who takes himself very, very seriously. And he never wants to be the, the butt butt of a joke. And in edge of tomorrow, he's the butt of a joke of many, many jokes actually. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I was so impressed that Tom Cruise was so willing to let himself go through that, to be, to, to, to just kind of be the joke, kind of be this jokey character who's always suffering this, this Buster Keaton esque type character that I've never seen him do before. I was like, Oh wow. Tom Cruise is willing to do whatever it takes for, for a role. Uh, and the movie, I would say that I was like, Oh, this would have been a bad movie if it weren't for Tom Cruise was the second Jack Reacher movie. I, I was so excited because I loved the first Jack Reacher movie. I thought it was so cool. that and, and, you know, it was directed by the guy who did The Last Samurai. 
I was like, oh, uh, Edward Zwick. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Colby Smulders in it. It's going to be great. And then I saw it and I was like, this is such a by the numbers story. And if it wasn't for Tom Cruise, I would be asleep right now. Um, you know, and that that was kind of kind of my that that's kind of the Tom Cruise movies where I'm like, this is the this is the floor of like what you are, what I'll let you get away with. Um, so so, yeah. But again, the Mission Impossible films obviously are, are super impressive with their practical stunts. I like I know you guys talked about the, the scene with the with the airplane in Rogue Nation. But honestly, that halo jump and fallout, I still go like that was a great shot. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think to myself, like, I think to myself, like the 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 camera guy that was following him, like how the how the camera team probably were like, you got the biggest balls out of all of us. You're so like and he's probably has all the bragging rights. He's like, hey, you know, the the camera guy, the camera op on that uh, halo jump with Tom Cruise. That was me. That was me, bitch. <laughs> probably gets a lot of uh, probably gets a lot of hand jobs in Hollywood. Huh. <laughs> Lucky I, bet, we... I bet Tom Cruise is at the point now where, like, at lunch, the the stunt guys want him to eat with them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. stunt He's... guys, stunt guys, are notoriously they'll they'll stick to themselves. And like, like I I remember uh, hearing interviews from Johnny Knoxville. He's like, yeah, they invite me over because I do all the stunts myself too, and they respect that. But like, stunt guys <laughs> won't deal with actors who won't do their own stunts mm-hmm. at lunch. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not surprised by that. But anyway, uh, we're here to talk about Top Gun Maverick. So without further oh, before I forget, speaking of stunt guys, <clears throat> um, so my aunt on my dad's side. Don't worry, they've been. They're since divorced. So looking this person up won't reveal who I am in any way. Your your dad and your aunt got divorced. Yes. Um, okay. So the my dad's aunt. Her ex was a stunt guy, was a stunt actor on many, many movies and TV shows. He did The Wire a lot, but his biggest moment where you see him is in The Departed, the bit, the guy who's fallen down the building. That's my aunt's ex-husband, actually, the actual guy falling. Oh, so, wow. He was Martin Sheen's see, stunt double? I still yeah. haven't seen The Departed. What? what? Yeah, come on. Don't ruin it for me. Oh, no, no, no. That's your own fault at that uh, point. Damn. Wait, wait. No, no, are, no. Are, are you joking? No, no, no. He's not joking. I'm not joking. What? I've seen the first 30 minutes and then I stopped watching. I don't know. Oh, wow. This, this, okay, okay. All right. Well, you, well, you got to bring me back for a flashback episode for The Departed. No joke. Sounds good. No joke. C got on my ass because uh, uh-huh. I've never seen, I've never seen uh, The Wizard of Oz. That I really I was like shocked. Like she was on my ass. Cause it's like, look, I'm not saying it's a gr- it's like the greatest thing ever made, but it is iconic. It's like right. you have to have seen it. All right. Well, okay. Uh, now let's uh, let's play the let's play the trailer for uh, Top Gun Maverick, and then we'll sound off on our review. How's that sound, guys? Sounds good. Great. Perfect. <laughs> the cat. Thirty-plus years of service. Combat medals. Citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion. You won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die.
should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. is inevitable, Maverick. You're kind of headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. Nice. So nice. I have many thoughts on that trailer. So for those, obviously, this is an audio-only podcast. This trailer was basically the sec, the first trailer for the the first like uh, rescheduling because this was supposed to come out in in uh, summer of 2019 and then they pushed it to the summer of 2020 and we all know what happened. But the reason I chose this trailer wasn't be- to talk about like the pandemic or anything, was just to kind of talk about the hype that because I felt like this trailer really captures the hype of of a top gun sequel i don't know if you guys would agree or disagree with me with on that totally would agree with that yeah right? absolutely especially especially with how they revamped the music and everything too yeah 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 um so uh let's so again usually i give my thoughts on the my general thoughts on the film then c <clears throat> gives his general thoughts on the film and then we kind of go into specifics it's kind of free-ranging but we try to kind of stick to like going like overall story uh performances and like like special things that we like so that's kind of how we do it here, Jay. And uh, things we didn't like, if there is something. Oh, and then things we didn't like, if, if we didn't like anything. Uh, but again, the floor is yours. What were your general thoughts? Um, well, let me, let me set the scene for you real quick about uh, my background with fighter jets. Um, <clears throat> so when I was in, I have this very distinct memory when I was in preschool, um, living just outside of DC, something happened, and it's, the jets were scrambled. I don't remember what they were. They might have been F 18s, they might have been F 15s, but two just flew pretty low, low altitude right above my preschool when I was outside during playground, and I was hooked ever since. So, ever since then, been like obsessed with fighter jets. Um, <clears throat> so, so, first off, like that's what I come in come into with. Um I loved this a hundred percent. Um it's what it's what the modern it's what the postmodern blockbuster should be. Um especially when you're doing these these reboots or, or thirty year sequels. Um I love that there's only they only brought back two actors. They only brought back Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. 
Um, and I'll get into more of that later. But the most impressive thing for me was Tom Cruise's performance. He's very compelling. Um, and, and it really surprised me just how open and vulnerable he allowed himself to be on this. Um, and that, that's, what, that's what sold it for me. Um, but obviously, the action, like the, the cinematography of being inside the actual planes also elevated this to, uh, for me as well. Um, so I don't know what else you're talking about. Maybe we'll get more specific later, but yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think that I have to add that was a really good way of putting it. Like you definitely you definitely got the thunder on that one. That's I really like how you said this is like what the this is what they should be now because you're absolutely right. Like this is it finally like we've finally seen this a standard bearer in this new mm-hmm. era, so to speak. And I could not agree with you more on that. Like I yes, I've seen Top Gun. I enjoy it. Um, I just, I don't have that same connection to it that a lot of other people do. I've just, so I wasn't like, there's never been like, even when I saw the trailer for this, there was no hype for me with this. But when I heard how they shot it, I was definitely intrigued. I was like, okay, that's actually, that's pretty ballsy and really interesting. And then when I, when I sit, sit down and see it, I just see this absolutely fucking gorgeous cinematography uh, throughout the entire action sequences. I actually think the best shot sequences were the, well, obviously any of the flying sequences, it's like neck and neck with all of them, obviously, of course, um, you know, to it's splitting hairs. But for me, I absolutely loved both the the Mach 10 test sequence. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I loved the dogfight at the end. That moment when the enemy jet, and I, I do not know how to describe this right because we'll get into later how I know so much I'll about planes. But, but, but we'll get into that later. But when they're fighting the jet and it just goes fucking vertical back and it just falls, oh, yeah. almost falls. That's the only way I can describe it. It falls back and they're like, what was that? I saw that and I was like, holy shit. That was fucking cool. I, okay, I am genuinely asking this and we'll get into why this is funny later. Is that even possible? That is, that yes, is yes, like yes, it's, it, it, it just recently was possible, um, wasn't it, Jay? I, it, it, I mean, it's definitely a fifth generation Mm-hmm. Uh, playing capability. Did you? So for my for my viewings at a Regal, uh, we had an Air Force commercial precede the movie. Did you guys have that? No, no. Okay, they actually do that stunt in an F twenty two in the Air Force commercial. Jesus. Whoa. Yeah, that is an actual that's an actual thing to do, and it was. Um, uh, <laughs> what? He's lagging. He'll be up in a minute. Okay. Um, yeah. So so. I don't know what it's called because it's still a new tactic, but they can totally pump the brakes, give it a stall, and then switch directions just like it's, that. It's, it's like it was awesome. a kite or something. That's the only way I can describe it. It's yeah. like they used they used the force, not like the force of <laughs> stop, yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. stop, stop. No, well, and to the thirty of us listening, we I will openly discuss why this is funny, but later. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll fill them in. Don't worry. Oh, thanks. Thanks, you two giggle fucks when we were watching Dune. 
Fucking heard your, fucking heard you too. But we'll get no, no. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I, I'm fully willing to let you two mock me in a minute. In a minute. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey. <laughs> so, those two sequences, though, my point being, were absolutely incredible. And yes, the performances were absolutely great. Um, I also so. I thought the the documentary Val, which came out last year, about Val Kilmer's life and what he's going through now, was it was one of my favorite movies of the year. I thought it was deeply personal and deeply powerful, and I think I think you guys will agree with me. He went places that no one thought he was going to go with an, a straight to Amazon documentary about himself, and he opened himself up to that in a really incredible way. So to include him and to be honest also about his, what he has happened to him in the, in, the, in the only way the movie can be to, be, to be clear and fair, but they're like, they don't hide it. They don't, try to, they don't try to dub him over or give him a different voice. They like, they're honest with what he's going through or what he went through rather. That really gave this some in, really much needed and not that I was demanding it, but just some much needed depth that I truly appreciated. And that was Tom Cruise too. Like Tom Cruise was adamant that Val Kilmer was involved in this. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that the it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because in, in the movie Maverick is where he is because of Iceman, but uh, outside of it, Val Kilmer was there because of Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise was like, I can't, I'm not doing this without Val coming in. Wow. And being that's, a nice man again. That's, that's honorable that's, that's, and that's, incredible. That's really, that's, 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 that's a yeah. beautiful thing because, you know. That, that, that gives me a lot of, a lot more respect for Tom Cruise as a person. On yeah. That, 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 yeah. that builds back a lot of credit for me. It I, does. I, it, and you're right. It does. Be, that's a good way of putting it. It builds back credit because for, for personal reasons with his personal life, there was, there's only, you can't help but lose credit. There's just no way not to. But knowing that now is really, it's, that's amazing. Like, so, I, there's no denying that. So see, I, I know you, well, you, you and Jay have both been raving about the cinematography. Claudio Miranda, baby. Like, <laughs> very nice. for my money, the second best cinematographer in the digital realm, uh, right after Roger Deakins, for my money. Um, but, all right, so this right now is my probably my favorite film of the year. Wow, okay. Uh, okay, so, wow, starting off strong. That's, wow, okay. Yeah. I can't yeah. say that at this time. Like, full disclosure, I loved this movie, but I, I can't say that at the moment. But yeah, now, wow. Now, knowing how eccentric my taste can be, uh, yeah. How niche my taste can be. Like uh, people think you're fucking with them when you give people your top ten. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I well, I was gonna say oh. that I know that maybe Crimes of the Future by David Cronenberg might replace that in a few weeks. What really? <laughs> you loving a Cronenberg body horror noir? Really? I know. Wow. But but in any case, I have a lot of respect for Joseph Kaczynski, the director. Uh, listen, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but I really was blown away by just the visual splendor of Tron Legacy. I, I was blown away by it. I saw it in 3D, and I saw it on a very... It wasn't an IMAX screen, but a very big screen. And I remember saying to myself, like, wait, this is this is just like a commercial director? Are you kidding me? What? Uh, and then, obviously, with Oblivion, you know, 
I, listen, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Oblivion's plot, but just story-wise, or, or not story-wise, uh, uh, <laughs> cinematography-wise, score-wise, and just kind of the charisma that Tom Cruise has. And Morgan Freeman, oh God, Morgan Freeman is just so much fun in that movie. I was like, well, I, I like this. And believe it or not, Oblivion is kind of what made me be a big fan of M83. Uh, and... And then he, oh, I'm blinking on the name. It's about the firefighters. The firefighters. Yes. uh, Beautiful movie. Very heartbreaking movie that was really him going like, okay, I'm going to leave the visual spectacle behind and I'm just going to, well, obviously he did. The the fire is a visual effect, but I'm going to really focus on the character work here with, um, with, uh, what's his name? Um, Thanos. James Brolin? No. Josh Brolin. Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. They, James Brolin is his dad. Uh, Josh Brolin and Miles Teller, his first time working with Joseph Kaczynski. This is really, and Jennifer Connelly as well. This is really strong character work. And I was really impressed. I was like, wow, this guy, this guy, this guy isn't just, this guy isn't just being the pretty pictures budget, big budget guy. He's trying mm-hmm. to work on, on directing actors. And I feel like Top Gun Maverick is him evolving as a, as an actor's director <clears throat> and also maintaining that big budget spectacle that he has. And here's the crazy thing. The, the thing that really, that makes me respect this movie so much is this film has a lot, a lot of visual shot, visual effect shots, but it still has a good, I think someone did the numbers, 46% practical shots. Yeah, it, that's that's, that's insane. That's insane, and that's almost fucking half, which is incredible. Here's here's the, here's the crazy thing though. Like like, I all right, so watching it the second time today, um, with with how experienced and educated I am, I am in film. I was able to tell the difference ever so slightly, but that's just how good those practical shots are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're so real and so there that when when it's slightly off, you're like, oh, okay, I, I see the difference here. I fully, um, for the most part, okay. There are, obviously there are certain things that happen where you're like, well, obviously they didn't really do that, but there it was it was the difference between like it was razor thin difference for where you could tell for me at least. I will mm-hmm. say like obviously the the visual effects shot count goes up in the third act. But, and uh, Jay, I'm pretty sure you noticed this. This is literally because they have to, like, literally and thematically give a different coat of paint to certain, uh, to certain uh, aircraft, right? Well, well, yeah, I mean, the Maverick, the Maverick paint job, which is coming out in some aircraft video games, uh, that was real. Um, well, I, I was more what, talking about the, the enemy aircraft. So actually, okay, uh, so we're going to talk about the, that. Uh, okay. later. I'm gonna give yeah. you guys a rundown on all the planes, but like cool. one, the uh, there's a deep fake uh, on Hangman uh, when they're in the the dogfight training in the first day, because um, he's in a one seater aircraft, and the way they shot it was especially with him and with Phoenix and Bob. They had to shoot Phoenix and Bob differently because they were in a two seater, but you couldn't have both of them in the same cockpit at the same time while also in the air. So when you see their shots, they're much tighter. And, and you don't really see what's around them unless it's um, mm. Bob specifically. Yeah. But there's also a deep fake, like the Luke Skywalker deep fake on Hangman, where it's the pilot's up there, but it's got Hangman's face 
uh, overimposed on mm. it. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Well, also, Al, I think you have a very unique perspective on this because, well, frankly, you saw this movie before anybody else did. Uh, I did. I saw a, I saw like an, I guess a rough cut of this way back in like, like literally days before uh, everything shut down in March, 2020. Um, I saw, I saw basically a rough cut of this with no visual effects. Uh, and here's the thing that kind of shocked everybody while we were there. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about like uh, everything because we did have to sign some forms, but I will say this. The one thing that shocked everybody was like, there's not that many like you know that so you know when visual when sh- shots that are being worked on for VizFX for VFX they usually put in a slate there saying like VizFX in process or or Viz- VizFX placeholder right and obviously this film had those I'm not gonna sit sit here and say that they didn't but we were just shocked shocked over how much of the aircraft in the air was real was legitimately real real and that that was kind of the first thing that we left was was like we were like the the planes the planes the plane at least that's what i was writing down was like the planes the planes the planes um it, it's interesting like uh me and c we did talk about after we saw this the the changes that were <clears throat> there uh the the only noticeable change was like they they did some things with uh, Iceman's character uh that they kind of did the first part was kind of more of a reshoot i would assume and then it's the second part that was the stuff i saw where i was like oh okay great fine um but that that being said even in the rough cut you know you could tell that while obviously the this film exists to show off dog fights to show tom cruise in a jet fighter in a fighter jet cockpit right that's why this movie exists this film had a lot of character character building scenes a lot of them you know and the stuff they took out they were just trimming for time because guys this film's barely over two hours we don't see that anymore you know i know a lot of people are always like more is better in these big spectacle blockbusters but you know to get a good relatively tight film like in 2 11 that's that's rare now and you still get you still get great character work you still get amazing, amazing set pieces in the air. I mean, it's it's like, again, this perfect balance that Jay's alluded to, that this balance of like great acting from Tom Cruise where he's compelling, where he has great chemistry with Jennifer Connelly, uh, where you really feel the what's unsaid between him and Miles Teller's character, Rooster, who, spoiler alert, he's Goose's son. I, I think the mustache gave it away. You know, no, no. The casting of Miles Teller gave it away. Like seriously, yeah. seriously. Anthony Edwards and Miles, like Miles Teller is probably Anthony Edwards' illegitimate child. I mean, look <laughs> at them. They, well, they reboot ER. They're gonna bring in Miles Teller. Yeah, they're gonna bring yep. in Miles Teller. Um, but the character work there is great. Um, so I, I gotta say, with Hangman, uh, Glenn Powell. So he was the he was in the running to play Rooster, and. The writers talk about how when they were writing this, they very explicitly didn't want to include a Iceman analog. You know, the the kind of antagonistic uh, fellow fellow fighter pilot, right? They're like, oh, we don't want to do that. Glenn Powell gave such a good audition that Joseph Kaczynski, Jerry Bruckheimer, and Tom Cruise were like, he, 
he needs to be in this movie. He just needs to be in this movie. And they went to the writers and say, you, you gotta you gotta write us a antagonistic, charismatic fighter pilot. And the writers were like, ah, oh, man. But they talk about how Glenn Powell, like this, this right here. So Glenn Powell has, has been having a string of Netflix movies where he's, you know, a romantic comedy lead. Uh, I, and you know, he's worked with Richard Linklater in a lot of projects. One we just reviewed, Apollo 10 and a half. Great movie. This movie right here is what's going to make Glenn Powell a star, a certified star. I will bank on that. Uh, he is so charismatic. He like that's that sarcastic grin he gives. I'm like, I I I really want to see you in more things. But anyway, I digress. All the other students are great on here. Uh, Monica Barbero as Phoenix. That as um, and uh, what's his name? I'm I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, the guy who played Bob. Uh, God, I oh, love Bob so much. Uh, Bob yeah. was funny. Bob was oh, uh, Lewis Pullman. Bob. Bob was like a deconstruction of what you were expecting from like a, a Top Gun, a Top Gun uh, uh, guy, right? He's like, oh, I'm I'm just Bob. I'm I'm just a, this this southern this southern guy, you know, or midwestern guy, this cowboy Bob, very simple guy who has like thick glasses, calm guy, always sitting down drinking his beer, and you would think like, oh, he's gonna kind of be the wuss. He's gonna kind of be like the not, the guy that can't keep up with the rest. Fuck no. He keeps up with the rest. And you just, it's, it's those little narrative flourishes where you're like, well, they would expect us to do this with this character, but we're not. We're going to go this way. Um, and then you have uh, John Hamm and Charles Parnell as a Cyclone and a Warlock. They're basically the admirals who are overseeing the mission. And listen, they could easily play them as assholes. And in a sense, they do, but... You know, they, they give it enough care. They give enough character flourishes to these roles that you appreciate it, even though, you know, some would say like, well, with a movie like this, that's just exists to make oh, money. Shit. The guy that plays Bob, he's going to be in the Salem's Salem's lot movie. Oh, that's cool. That's I cool. I didn't know that. That's gonna that be is cool. that is really cool. But um, but you see you see these people put in these little flourishes to their character roles. And it's just, you know, I, I appreciate it is, is what, I, what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I think this movie was, well, you know, I, th I don't know. If, I don't know what else I can say other than it genuinely was not that I was expecting anything bad. I really wasn't. It was just genuinely better than I expected, and I thoroughly enjoyed it for that. Can I can I add on to what was talking about as yeah. far as performances? So, uh, one of my favorite things about this film in particular is the uh, what's the term I'm looking for the non dialogue acting yes everyone everyone's facial expressions and reactions and just physical acting is so on point on this and especially like my, my two favorite are Jennifer Connelly because uh, throughout the whole film, she's watching Maverick, and and she's she's like almost reading his mind on a lot of these things. Like she sees the whole thing, and 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 we get a lot of the weight of the moment from her expressions. And then also uh, with Phoenix, when she's uh, particularly when she's watching Tom Cruise on that 
uh, trainer when when he beats the record. Like she's like all in on it, and and you see these like tiny little smirks and side glances and everything for all these people. Like they're in the moment, they're living this, and I really appreciated that from a blockbuster film because you don't really get that a lot in in these. You're you're you know they show up, they read the lines, they do some action, and then they go home. But yeah, they they, they hit their they marks really, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They really took the time to like get those nuances in on this, and it, and it. I don't know if it like how much it pushes this film, but it definitely gives it a backbone. And yeah. I think, and I think, like you, you, you set this base, and then you put everything on top of it. And it's like holy shit. Well, it helps for the people who are paying attention, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I I think that go that kind of circles back to the fact that, like again, Joseph Kaczynski really really has flourished as a as a director who directs actors, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, have you guys seen only the brave? That was the firefighter film. I have not. I have not. I have not. Okay. Uh, give it a watch. I mean, you really see mm-hmm. that you really see that he goes from like, cause you know, some of these commercial directors, they just focus on the visuals, the camera movements, the technical aspects, which is good. You know, it's good. I mean, that, that's what gets you a superhero movie, but to see him actively like pushing, strengthening those muscles you know that that just only leads to to better better uh storytelling in in my book um oh one little one little thing i i wanted to add that i really appreciate it so for a myriad of reasons uh uh kelly mcginnis was not asked to return i mean she just wasn't uh so when they went to find or when they went to write a new love interest i thought that was really clever so Jennifer Connelly plays Penny Benjamin. She's the 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 aforementioned admiral's daughter that's spoken in the first Top Gun movie when Goose oh. when Goose talks about like remember what you did with this admiral's daughter and Tom Cruise is like ah and you said like she was the love of your life and this mm-hmm. and I loved how they're like oh man we got to create a new love interest what do you do well. What if what if she's the first love interest? What if she's the admiral's daughter? And I yeah. really, really appreciated that. You know, that I had makes I, so I, much sense. I looked that. I, I admit I didn't pick that up when watching, but then I did a quick Google, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, that's pretty cool. No, it's but like like here's the thing though, like she knows so much about what's going on, and like I just chalked it up to like she's running the bar and she's living in fighter town, so she hears all this things. But now that like oh my god that. That takes it to a whole new level for her character. No, exactly. It, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's these again these narrative flourishes that I guarantee you this was a because Christopher McQuarrie was credited with the latest rewrite of this film because again he's work he's the director on the last three uh, Mission Impossible films and uh, he's he he's like Tom Cruise's go to script doctor and he did enough rewriting here to be credited. And you're like, Christopher McQuarrie knows how to create those narrative flourishes in a screenplay where you're like, oh, I see what you did there. It just, make, it just makes things so much neater. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, and, and again, you just really appreciate, you, you're, you appreciate writing like that. You really do. Now, uh, I'm a little biased because I actually met him in person like years ago, like over close to 10 years ago. But uh, Miles Teller, I always was kind of like, yeah, no, Miles Teller, he can... He can act. I think you guys, I think people need to give him a shot. And, you know, 
people acknowledged his talent in Whiplash. Uh, you know, we've all seen Whiplash. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after Fan Four Stick, he kind of, you know, kind of the, the reputation on his on his acting skills kind of took a dip. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel... haven't seen Whiplash. You I've haven't? Never... No. Oh, it's what? great. Wow. It, as as a drummer, I have enough anxieties with that anyways. And also, isn't the... Isn't... Uh, what's his name's character? Fletcher? Yeah. 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 Why? Uh, look, look, look. So, sidebar. Real quick. Real quick. Why in the fucking hell is every person named Fletcher in any form of media the asshole? <laughs> I, I think because, like, because Chevy Chase played the most famous Fletcher... And Chevy Chase is a famous <sighs> asshole. But like, like, like Harry Potter, Mundungus Fletcher is a piece of crap. <laughs> all right. No. All right. All right. But it was, all right. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this and then I'm going to move on. It happened. It actually happened for me. Uh, the show, The Last Ship, which is pretty decent. Um, it got a lot of recognition. That. It got a lot of recognition by the Navy for being like the most accurate Navy show out there. Um, but there's actually in like season three or four, there's a British agent uh, named James Fletcher, <laughs> <laughs> and it happened, and he, I was like, okay, all right. He was actually a pretty decent guy, but yeah. So I mean, to tell a lot about myself, but yeah, it it, it <laughs> actually happened. My oh. name is out there in a film. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay. wait, hold on. Are you okay with your full people knowing your full name on this? Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. That's okay. no problem. Yeah. Now, now, uh, again, kind of circling back to Miles Teller, he's given really, really strong material here to work with, you know? Because, mm-hmm. okay, uh, this is a slight spoiler, just a slight one. The, the trailers for Top Gun Maverick implied that the antagonism between uh, 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 Rooster, Miles Teller's character, and Maverick is over the death of Goose that happened in the first film. That's kind of what the what the trailers push. In the film proper, we find out that that's not really the issue. The issue was was that Maverick basically, no, not basically, literally stalled Rooster's career for four years. Out of the blue, and yeah. and for for someone for for a, a naval aviator that. That that's a deep deep cut. That's a deep deep betrayal, you know. And it's like uh, like Jay has mentioned before that what's said just with the eyesight, right? Just with the eyes, with the body language, right? We knew everything we needed to learn about what just just the loathing and the betrayal that Rooster felt towards um, towards Maverick. And and again, it's one of those things that listen. The Mission Impossible movies are fun. All these action movies Tom Cruise has been doing are fun. But he hasn't been stretching his acting chops for a while. Like, for a while. Like, like his last, like, what you would say would be a, a juicy role was probably... Ooh. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. And that's, he's doing comedic, <laughs> he's, he's doing comedic things there, right? Which is what he did also with American Maid. Uh, but the last time he's really stretched his dramatic chops, was it Lions for Lambs? Good Lord. And to see him stretch those chops again to show you like, oh, at one point. Oh, wait, it, what about uh, War of the Worlds? That was that was before uh, Lions for Lambs. War of the Worlds came out in 2006. Lions for Lambs okay. came out in 2007. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, the, but yeah, that, um, you, you remember like, oh, Tom Cruise is a great actor, like a really, really good actor, you know, an Oscar, he's been nominated for an Oscar for yes. Born, Born on the Fourth of July. And I thought he was also nominated for his performance in Magnolia. Was he? I feel like he was. Am I mm. way off base there? I feel like, like I feel like he was nominated for Born on the Fourth of July. Well, here I know I agree with you that I thought. Hold on, well, let, was me see, let me see. Let me see. Give me mm. one sec. I got it. Oh, he was nominated for three Oscars. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Magnolia, Jerry Maguire, Born on the Fourth of July. That's right, and um, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Tom Cruise. But yeah, Oscar-nominated actor. Great. And and he he has that. And it's one of those things because. Listen, I don't know about you two, but when I'm in a movie theater and, you know, I'm just seeing things like, again, they hit their marks. They say the exposition and you see crazy stuff on the screen. You're like, OK, yeah, fine. You know, but you're not really in it. It's stuff like this that really puts you in it, that when you are so terrified that one of the one of the fighter pilots are going to die because they're in a dogfight with the enemy combatants. And they have fifth generation jets. You're like, I need you to live. I need you to live. <laughs> and you get that. You, you get that here. And it, that again, this is why, as of right now, I, I think this is my favorite movie of the year because of things like that. Yeah. And there's a, and with that, there's a lot of misdirect in that trailer you showed us. Yeah. Yes. No. Like especially especially with like like the the, the contention between uh, Rooster and Maverick, and then like. Like we see the funeral scene in all the trailers, and you're like, "Oh man, like which pilot's gonna be?" And then all of a sudden, "Oh wait, it's 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 Iceman who had cancer or something." Like it, it completely changes everything from the trailer. So I love that because they didn't give away anything. Mm-hmm. And so you're coming in this fresh. Yeah, you really oh, do. Yeah. Um, so so something that not I didn't realize until I looked at the credits. This this officially like Hans Zimmer did a bit, but Lady Gaga is credited as writing the score. What? Yeah. So so wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk to you guys about this. Uh, <laughs> did you guys know that the first Top Gun won an Oscar for best original song? For Danger mm-hmm. Zone. Not Danger no. Zone. It was the love song when. Oh, oh take my breath yeah. away. Take no. my breath away. Won the won the Oscar for best original song. So my question is. Has there ever been a sequel that has won a, the Oscar for the exact same category as its predecessor? Um, uh, I feel like yes, it's rare, but I think it's okay. happened. Because mm. I feel like that could happen with this one, with because because the credit song was Lady Gaga's song, and that's like gonna be the original song for this movie. And mm-hmm. I've already seen articles where they're pitching it's gonna be nominated. Okay, I can, I can see. I can that. see Lady- that. Lady Gaga has pulled with the Academy. She does, yeah. Exactly. Shocking. And she's already won it too before. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I can totally see that. Especially because, you know, this... So something we haven't talked about that is actually a little important for me. So this film, this film is kind of like... The narrative around this film is kind of the celebration of like... Of like kind of this age of filmmaking, right? This kind of what really started the, the, the American blockbuster as we know it now. And the original oh. film was directed by Tony Scott. And, you know, before Tony Scott, like, tragically passed away in 2012, 
uh, he actually passed away a day before he was set to meet Tom Cruise to break down to make the sequel. Yeah, yeah. to break this really. Sequel. Yes. So mm-hmm. so the, oh my god. So basically, Tom Cruise talked about how like he wanted to. The first thing he wanted to ask Tony Scott is like, "Hey, what if we bring Chris, Christopher McQuarrie to do a rewrite?" And Tony Scott passed away. Tony Scott, you know, along with his brother Ridley Scott, and along with um, Adrian Lin, and event, and later on uh, uh, Michael Bay, they created the quote unquote MTV blockbuster style. They're credited with that, right? And you know, were these films the best films ever made? Not really, um, but they these were films that came to define the mid '80s. And mo- a little bit into the 90s. And, you know, the, they created an era of filmmaking that is very iconic and very distinct. And the thing, that, the thing that makes me so sad is that had, you know, Tony Scott still been with us, this by far would have been the best film he's ever made. By far. I mean, the film he would have made immediately preceding this was uh, the train film with Denzel Washington. Unstoppable. Unstoppable, yeah. Which is fine, you know. It's, 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 it's fine, but it ain't great. It, it ain't great. It ain't great. And, and you know, I love how obviously. I, I mean, this was expected that this would be dedicated to to Tony Scott. But you know, I love that you know the narrative surrounding this film is this celebrates that era of filmmaking that was totally unexpected. You know, it was kind of a oh these 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 like crazy these crazy punks who grew up with video cameras are, are making crazy music video movies. What the fuck? And again, they weren't the best things ever, but they did come to define a style of filmmaking for, uh, I would say an entire generation. Oh, without a doubt. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it also like think about like, like not only did they create this style of blockbuster, but they also set the rules for how the blockbuster had to be made, you know, you know, horror films have the most rules for what you have to follow uh, in order to make a successful horror film, but also blockbusters follow those same uh, rules to a point where you have to have this happen and then this happen, and you have to have these two characters and stuff like that. And, and you know, that was a standard for a while, and I think we're starting to see that standard break a lot too, especially mm-hmm. with this one too, and I, I'm, I'm all for it. One One thing I do appreciate that I think is a little bit of an irony after everything I just said, you know, one of the, one of the defining elements of this blockbuster was that every shot was very, very short. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. true in the original top gun in this film, because they do so much with practical effects. These shots are a little longer, <laughs> like, like shockingly. So where you're like, Oh, they're not doing these crazy cutting back and forth. They're really focusing on what mm-hmm. you're seeing. And mm-hmm. I, I gotta say it kicks ass. Because it just it hits you so much more how real this is. It really does. <laughs> do we want to um, before we give our review? Do, do does anyone have anything else we feel like we haven't? They want to mention before we give each give our review of I this. Have some critiques. Oh, go oh ahead. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So some critiques. So so first one is it 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 doesn't pass the Bechtel test. And I feel like with where the Navy is now and where filmmaking is now, and especially in this uh, post-Me Too movement era, you know, like, 
Hangman's sexism didn't need to be there. Um, it does help him be more of a jerk in the long run, but like, it he didn't need to keep referencing uh, Phoenix being a woman, but also at the same time, there could have been one or two more female pilots, I think. I thought I saw one, a second there's, woman. There's actually the, two more. The, okay, yeah, I thought I saw a second one in the uh, double football scene on the beach, but I couldn't tell. But like, like I feel like there could have been more. Hmm. Just me, just my observation. Um, but in addition to that, I didn't like that uh, Phoenix kind of stopped being as important in the film as she did uh, after after we got past Iceman's funeral. Like like after that point, she just kind of just becomes a secondary character. Um, and I thought I thought there was a lot of chemistry between her and Rooster, and I was really hoping for more of that. Um, Even if it was just a friendship, like I like, I thought that was a lot. There was a lot there that they could have built on. They so there was. I I can I can yeah. I can personally guarantee tell you that there was. So mm-hmm. so, uh, in the longer cut, um, after so an accident happens or or something something an accident happens to uh Bob and Phoenix, and the bird hit. Yeah, yeah, and in the immediately after that. The scene cuts to Rooster going like freaking out, and they're saying like, "Oh, she's okay," and and uh, he goes and they have, they have a talk, and it it, it it's not it, it doesn't allude does to it like, kill it, huh? Does, does it kill the mood or something? No, no, it just it just it was one of those things where it's like they were just they were just kind of cutting things here and there, I guess, just to make it tighter because. Cause, yeah. Cause when I when I saw this, it was closer. I mean, it wasn't a three hour film, but it was like two two twenty eight, mm-hmm. I think. And but but no, yeah. they, they they cut they cut stuff there. Um, they and her along with Bob along with Fanboy and uh, and uh, Payback, like there there's stuff happening with them on the on the aircraft carrier in the third act after the, the mm-hmm. mission after the mission that was totally removed from this but it was it was like no. quick, it was like quick stuff and you know same, same thing with hangman actually hangman lost a scene that showed you him kind of saying no i need to step up they, they got rid of a scene like that as well so that when he does appear it was more of a surprise where you're like oh shit um, but I, yeah. but kind of back to your original point, there was more stuff with Phoenix. I think that they, I think they just really wanted to keep to that like as close to two hours as possible. That that's fair, but like I I saw her as being, you know, what Penny is to Maverick, she was to Rooster. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I thought that would have definitely helped the Rooster storyline. Oh yeah. As well, it still doesn't pass the Bechdel test there, but like that, I think that would have helped that storyline. Um, one more critique. One more thing. I'm, I'm bummed about. Bob did not get a call sign. I hate that. <laughs> I thought. I, I honestly, honestly thought, in the bar scene, where she hands him the cue stick and says Rackham. I thought his call sign was going to be Rackham, and then he didn't go with it. Um, and I just, I just felt like, 
that would have been so great for his character if he had earned a call sign on this on this training mission or this full mission and and yeah that that's all i got on that but i so my my only so i i do have some critiques as well even though i just said like oh, i love this movie so much my my main critique is actually that you know and again i fully feel like this is literally just because i saw a longer cut and i recently watched the original and you know i i think that one that the original has this problem as well time goes by in such a weird way like some things feel like go super fast and some things go super slow like like notable events happen like within a what four week time span and it it just feels like it, i always felt like wait 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 so this is happening like a day after already really okay and and that that really bothered me just because you know so iceman like you've mentioned before iceman oh. passes away in this film and you're like immediately they're doing the whole like military honors funeral and i mean my i don't have immediate family in the military much less in the navy but i was like oh all this gets set up in a, in a day i know he was like the admiral the admiral admiral but i was like they oh. also probably had it planned Oh yeah, that's I a mean, good point. About, if you think about it, when when yeah. uh, when a lot of people are like, no, like that's gonna happen. They already plan it, and so yeah. then it's like kind of just a waiting game at that point. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. my, my my overall biggest critique is just the the sense that like time in this film just moves like at such a quick pace that I I, I was kind of like off put by it. Obviously, the third yeah. the third act is well is all contained in a set of hours, and the third act was the most well well had the best perception of time for me where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like everything feels natural, you know, cause, cause a big thing in filmmaking and telling stories to the medium of film is that you really need to, to be able to, to keep a consistent perception of time where, okay, this feels like it's been a couple days. Oh, and this feels like it's been a week and you got to do this all within seconds and minutes, literally. And I felt like this was the film's biggest flaw for me was that I was like, wait, is, is, is this like the next day or is this like a week later? I'm so confused. Um, so that was that was my biggest critique with the film. And kind of related to that was that even though I know that Penny, uh, Jennifer Connelly's character, is, quote unquote, the 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 first love of, of Maverick's life, I was still like, oh, this went pretty fast. It went from like, I know what's going to happen and we're not doing this to like, to like, I don't marry really... me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> you are more right on that than you'd be. You'd think, Jay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. All right, all right. I'll defend that a little bit. First of all, they've been through it before. Yeah. Probably once or twice. Second of all, at that age, things happen faster. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those those are really my two my two biggest critiques. Um, and that's saying something that. Honestly, you can you can move past that, especially if you're really in the moment with this film. So, what about you, C? I think for me, my I I don't think I can fairly critique this movie too much as far as the negatives, because the negatives for me just fall into some unfortunate bias I have against action uh, movies. How planes work? <laughs> almost. We're almost there. We're almost okay. there. We're almost there. <laughs> It, that'll be next, okay? It's coming. You get to you get to have a whole moment. You ready? You, you, get ready. Start writing this down. So, 
No one can see you excitedly clapping in the, in the final cut of this, Jay. But anyway. That was for Alan. Oh, okay. Thanks. Anyways, I do have a bit of a bias against action movies. It's not like a, oh, I think action movies are not as good. Because I hear people say horror, about that about horror movies all the time, and it makes me roll my eyes. So I wouldn't say that about an action movie. But I just frequently see them less often. It's just what happens. I see them less often. What? <laughs> here's, here's where our difference is. Your, your aversion to action movies is similar to my aversion to mobster movies. Okay, okay. It's like, you don't hate it, it's just you're not seeking it. Yeah. Okay, fine. And Fair I recognize the quality of it, I just don't, and it, it's my, don't want to watch it. It's, it's the same like my aversion to like mumblecore movies. More than one person <laughs> has an aversion to a mumblecore movie, let's be clear. I, although I think everyone has at least one mumblecore they like, but anyways, just like any genre of film, everyone can find one at least that Mine you like is of it. Jeff Who Stays at Home, directed it by is the Duplass brothers. It is a great movie. Um, Cyrus is also great. Anyways, eh. uh, shh. Um, anyways, so a- any like critique I would have would just be my implicit bias towards action movies, where I just think that they're just they they only they just only do so much for me. But this really pushed the envelope for what an action movie would do for me. So overall... I see what you did there. <laughs> so overall, I really enjoyed this. Any critique I would have would just be more of a personal issue or personal, you know, uninterest in certain action movies. So uh, for me to give a critique would be silly. I will say, and this is actually a compliment to the movie, one big problem I have with, ac- with action movies is a lot of the non-action move moments, as we pointed out, just have no subtlety whatsoever, both in the action and the dialogue. And the credit to this movie, it really tried to have those moments. You know, those little moments in the eyes that the actors gave, the little, like, shrugs they gave. The, like, it, they felt like real people at times. So I got to give credit there that where most action movies just not only fail at, just don't even pretend to attempt to address, this movie tried and in many ways, uh, in many, not all, but many cases succeeded. Also, shoot me, I really enjoyed the... Uh, the redo of the uh, playing with the boys scene. I mean, come on. Who didn't? Like it? Who doesn't? <laughs> Actually, Jay, you don't know this, but you know, after that scene, there's then like the, the love scene with, uh, with Tom Cruise and all mm-hmm. that. And yeah. a- after that, after the playing with the boys scene ended, I got up and left to go to the bathroom and came, ba- came back after the lovemaking scene was 90% over. I'm like, yeah, I know what's going to happen next. I don't care about this part. I saw the part that was meant for me. I'm going to get up and go. So, point point being, though, is so I can point out the critiques, but rather I genuinely see the moments that this, this as an action movie, it was truly exceptional among most. Like, usually I put James Bond movies as like the highest caliber of franchise action movies for me in general, uh-huh. but this, while I still enjoy James Bond movies more than this, this was uh, damn close for in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So instead of critiques, I'll say where it truly was an exception in the rules. Uh, so, and see, I'm, I'm so shocked that we forgot to talk about this, but I mm-hmm. feel like we need to talk about this right before we give our final scores. Or right before mm-hmm. I explain to Jay how our final scores work. Yeah. So, Jay, uh, when me and C yeah. went to see this, right, and uh, in, in our screening, Tom Cruise gave a message to the audience. <laughs> yeah, got that too. Okay. Yeah. 
That was super loud. So well, no, no, it wasn't it, that no, bad for it us. It wasn't loud, okay. but that pops up, and we just hear a guy. He was like to he was like to my left, up, yeah, like over here. Mm-hmm. He just goes, yes, yes, and you just right? hear, you go, Tom. <laughs> now, now, okay. what made yeah. it what made it better? What made it so better was that so in Top Gun Maverick. It has basically an updated. It's the same intro from the original Top Gun, just with updated. Yeah. Uh, updated. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm talking about this. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. No. So with, with with updated font, and obviously a new montage to to Danger Zone, right? Uh, an updated mm-hmm. montage to Danger Zone. That guy just went yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. I totally understand how that guy feels. Uh, uh, see. Uh, I think I've told you this before, mm-hmm. but one of my absolute favorite things about 80s movies is the completely unrelated opening scene montage. Mm. Yeah. You get this in Top Gun. You get this in in the... Uh, uh, I can't think of the name. It's Eddie Murphy. Beverly Hills, Hills Cop. Cop. Yes, mm. yes. Cop. You get some of this in Ferris. But you're like, like just... What the '80s did, they they did these montages of just random things around around the city or around town, and it's like opening credits, and it's like a, you're just listening to a song that has nothing to do with the story whatsoever. You're just building the setting, and and they brought that back on this, and it was the best thing ever. It had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the story. It was just an aircraft carrier taking off, and that's entirely real aircraft carrier, by the way. That was a they had a camera crew on aircraft carrier deck and just shot. I was deck. wondering that. I had a feeling it was real, obviously, yeah. but I was just like, I was wondering that. Yeah. So this 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 movie had had the full cooperation of the Navy, because uh, the first Top Gun like really helped uh, Navy recruitment a lot. It was like mm-hmm. the like like the the two the two biggest recruitment uh, boost in the past like fifty years was nine eleven and Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Shit yeah damn so, so like yeah so so like navy's all on board for this uh and they were very involved those are real you know f-18 pilots with everything um but yeah they just shot that whole montage scene on the aircraft carrier deck that was amazing so so another bit of trivia that i'm reading here turns out every every technical advisor on this film went up to tom cruise and jerry Bruckheimer and said we joined the navy because of top gun we yeah. went into Top Gun because of the Top Gun, and mm-hmm. and that 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 was kind of really funny. That's apparently something that uh, Jerry Bruckheimer is very very proud of. Oh, oh I bet. So um, before, oh sorry, Jay, go on. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the planes a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah, about the planes. absolutely. So so, uh, and this will lead into our our wonderful story. Yeah. Uh, uh so go on. All the planes in this film are a hundred percent real aircraft uh, that exist in the in the world, except for one. And I bet you can guess which one it is, but there's a little bit of a twist to it. So, uh, I'll start with the basic one that gets mentioned and is in the opening sequence is the F thirty five C. That's the controversial one that costs like billions of dollars to make. Those things are absolutely insane. Um, they are the most advanced uh, fighter in the world right now, but uh, there were issues with the mission as as 
uh, Maverick points out, and I'm my theory as to why they didn't use F-35Cs is basically, one, it's not a two-seater, and two, um, it's so advanced, and there's still a lot of stuff that's not public, so the Navy probably didn't want that out there. Oh, okay, okay, wow. okay. Yeah, because, like, the F-18, the F-18 is... is came out shortly after the first Top Gun was made. Like, mm. it was, like, late 80s, early 90s kind of model. It's, you know, it, it, Maverick says himself, the enemy knows everything about this plane. Like, mm. it's it's out there. Um, so, the F-35C is, is that one. Um, and then we're, we move into the F-18A Super Hornets, and these come in the single-seat or dual-seat uh, combinations, um, the biggest difference between the backseater in Maverick and the backseater in the first Top Gun, like, like Goose, like the biggest difference between Goose and Bob, uh, Goose is a strictly, uh, radar operator. Like he's, he's, he's seen the whole field and he's kind of like seen the whole battlefield and he's picking things out. But Bob is a weapon specialist. So he's, you know, he does the laser targeting and everything, um, he he can uh, see the radar, but so can Phoenix. So so the radar technology is so advanced that Phoenix can fly the plane and see the radar at the same time. Um. Uh. So yeah. So, and the backtrack on the F thirty five C real quick. That's really cool about it. The F thirty five C pilots have a augmented reality helmet. Oh shit! That is so. It's so advanced. Their their heads up display is in their visor. Instead of that little window on the cockpit, that's some Iron Man visor. shit right there. And additionally, additionally, it's so advanced that they can look down and around their plane and see what's under them. Fuck off. Cameras and system. Yeah, Holy they can do fuck. that. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so advanced. I just like the Navy doesn't want that technology out there, so they're gonna <laughs> put cameras in those cockpits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we'll move into the Tomcat, the F fourteen Tomcat. Um, the original Top Gun plane. This was the post-Vietnam fighter um, uh, that became like the standard aircraft carrier fighter jet. Um, it's got that. It's got that adjustable wing, and and basically when the wings are out, it's slower, but it's more maneuverable. And the wings are swept back, it's faster. Mm. Um, and obviously two seater. Um, and then, so the reason why it, it can't hold up to the fifth generation aircraft that I'm about to talk about is the Sukhoi 57, the Su-57, which is the most advanced fighter jet that Russia has built. Um, I, I, I want to get your uh, input on this, Alan, because you saw the pre-Viz effects. Did they have those in the in the for cut you saw? Um, or was or was that like a composite CGI? Because okay. that's okay. Okay, so so they they had like they had like some aircraft up there, uh-huh. I, I think. Um, but they definitely had a call signs of a certain nation in uh, the east. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, that's why I was convinced like, oh, they they covered them in in CGI as a paint job. Yeah, to, to hide it. Um, well, here's here's the other thing about the SU-57. There's only one 
and it's not even like officially recognized. There's only one uh, action sortie that the Su-57 has ever gone on and mm -hmm. ever been recorded, and that was last month in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! People, people have people took like cell phone video of one of these flying around, mm -hmm. and and they suspect it's an Su-57, and it's like the first time it's ever been documented that that's been used in combat. So like that's how brand new those are. Jesus. And I don't think I don't think the United States has access to those or can make those. So that's that's why I was curious about like the CGI for those. So so they they were definitely like I think they were like 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 the you guys remember in the first Top Gun the instructors are on like these smaller more maneuverable jets in the MiGs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh that's that's I think that's what it was. Um okay. but they they have MiGs are, MiGs are more accessible. Yeah, so but but they definitely had like a certain country's like like colors and flags on them and like when they got rid of when they got rid of all that i was like oh okay i mean i get it but okay <laughs> they went they went back to the uh the original top guns idea of just having a nameless enemy which is fine yeah no, I no think, it works it works no, it works but i um, i think i think kind of made me reminded me of a video game in a way but still works the, the interesting yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure them deciding to just kind of go with Nameless was why the film was delayed that first year from 2019 to 2020 because to, 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 to cover those in CGI would probably would take a whole year. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the amount you're seeing Especially of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I got two more planes to talk about. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's the one you see Maverick uh doing maintenance on at his quarters or his personal hangar mm -hmm. that is a p51 mustang a world war ii era uh fighter multi-role fighter um those guys basically won air superiority in world war ii like those they came in halfway through the war and they just came in and kicked total ass on everything um it was one of my favorite planes of all time and then, and then the big one that is a sort of real, sort of not real plane is the Dark Star. The, it's an SR-72 son of Blackbird. Hmm. Um, the SR-71 was the Blackbird, which was the spy plane uh, the United States built in response to the U-2 plane being shot down by Russia mm -hmm. uh, all those years ago. Um, and that plane, I think, still holds... The airspeed record. Um, that was a spy plane that had two pilots, but it flew so fast that no matter what planes Russia built, they could never catch one or shoot one down. Um, and and you know now we have satellite technology, so we don't really need spy planes anymore. But the the interesting line here is when Admiral Kane is talking to Maverick about you know these planes you're testing. They're not going to need pilots coming up. So the concept for the SR-72 by Lockheed Martin, which looks pretty similar to what we see in the film, is actually a drone. Is an unmanned, uh, uh, unmanned spy plane. Mm -hmm. um, it's still a concept. I don't think they're ever going to make it because there's no need for a spy plane. But it's... it's you can, you can look up online and see, like basic schematics for it and and theories about what it was going to do but mm. yeah so that's 
the the Dark Star. I don't know about going to Mach Ten, but that plane in itself is not outside of uh possibility the realm of possibilities. So like it could be made. Every, everything. Yeah, everything you see in this film is flight capable and real. Wow. That, that just kind of goes to show you how, like... I was I genuinely was wondering that. I was like, obviously, I knew it was majority real, but I was just like, there's yeah. some things, like, wait a minute. Like, as amazing and as that, that was. Yeah, that Dark Star uh, plane, I don't know. That might be a working prototype or something, but that's a real plane. Mm-hmm. And when it takes off and, and it goes over Ed Harris's head and <laughs> blows up, essentially takes off the security... Uh, booth mm-hmm. that they they always talk about that shot because that shot broke the set and they can only shoot it once yeah <laughs> yeah that's no yeah. he's right he's right nah. uh, no no that that that's a no no i'm 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 kind of shocked over like how like how, when you talk about how like very real these things are that's mm-hmm. oh wow all right yeah and no every, all the maneuvers and everything are real too like everything in no this that i did know that i did is okay. theoretically are physically possible. All right, all right. So, uh, oh, to our... you, you don't want to talk about my we knowledge can. of planes. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> so which, okay, which, by the way, I know a lot about planes. I know a lot about. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. C has ridden on a plane before, and that's about the extent of his knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I know they dear, go up in the air really fast. Dear listener. Oh, just one now. You? Just one, not thirty. How are you listener. No, we're gonna make it personal. We're gonna make it. Okay. Dear listener, so so in our many years of having been roommates together and and being film buffs together and everything, we 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 make efforts to see some of the biggest pictures of the year. And sometimes we make efforts to see the biggest pictures of the year on the biggest screen uh, possible, such as the seventy five millimeter IMAX, uh, a couple like right. an hour north of where we lived. Yeah. So. Worth it. We made we made a journey on one of these one of these trips. We made a journey to go see Dunkirk, the Christopher Nolan World War Two uh, film, and and in this I want to spoilers in this film. <laughs> spoilers, Hardy right? Okay, is a yeah. Pilot is yeah. a pilot in a English. I think it's Spitfire, and he's been he's been in combat against. Nazi fighters all day and basically he's just watching his feel the whole movie and at a certain point up to like the whole crux of everything he runs out of gas in minute now what happens is he just kind of glides over the beach and like it's kind of this really just like sad scene of him gliding over the beach and all the soldiers on the beach are just watching him and they're just you it's like the they kind of understand like our planes are running out of gas we're gonna lose this war kind of thing and then a nazi fighter plane comes in and this nazi fighter is about to make a strafing run on the beach and kill probably hundreds of of these british soldiers and then at the last second tom hardy's plane has swooped around got a shot and taken up uh shot down this nazi fighter uh much to everyone's surprise and uh joy it's a it's a great moment of the film and then tom hardy just f- glides down the beach and lands uh like miles away when he gets captured now on the way home <laughs> we're, we're having 
conversations about this film. We're, you know, much like our conversation today, we're talking about what we like, what we didn't like, everything. C. So C has this very particular thing he does where he puts his hands out and he's like, 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 I am 100% certain this is real. Like, this is, this is like fact. Like, nothing can convince me. And he goes, there is no way a plane can lose, feel like that, and stay in the air. (laughs) And? What do you think happens? He's like, it just falls out of the sky. It's like, it's got wings. It's going to glide. So so I had to spend like the next 10 minutes explaining how physics of a plane works. And I was arguing strongly. Yeah, you were arguing strongly about this. I was like, dude, how does a kite work? How does a glider work you know like how do you hang glide like like there's there's examples of things without an engine flying like come on so yeah fast forward a couple years Mm -hmm. uh last october this story gets brought up on our way to go see dune at the exact same imax theater Mm -hmm. now in dune they are in this aircraft that at a certain point, loses power. A not real aircraft, just, obviously. Not real aircraft, obviously, obviously. But it loses power, and it's just kind of gliding for a second. Mm-hmm. All, what, like five or six of us? Because <laughs> they now, now were, everyone knows the story. Everyone knows the story now. In, in sequential order, just turn their heads and lean over and look at C. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> all of us. All of us knew exactly what we were thinking. It's like, hmm, what's he going to say about this? <laughs> I'm no, just the, like... the, 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 the best, best part of that was, uh, I, I think one of my friends was there too. Wasn't, wasn't TC? Which friend? There were a few of your friends. Yes. Oh. It was our, our roommates and your friends. Oh, okay. yes, it was. Yeah. No, so, so my, my, friend's a, my friend's an engineer, a mechanical engineer. Right. So, oh, that's, so. I love that he's a, an, an, a fucking engineer. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I, we, he hears this story. He goes like, he goes like, ba- ba- basically scolded C. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's like, did you not pay attention he, to physical science? He gave science? me a verbal spanking. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Pretty much. Don't, don't get an art degree, kids. Get something practical. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. Like a I film to- degree. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't endorse that. Uh, I totally endorse getting a STEM degree, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but uh, Al, you're on the same boat as me, motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you are. You. You both- <laughs> anyway. 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 Yeah. Anyway. So Jay, this is how our mm-hmm. our review system works. Yes. We have the lowest of the low. A movie. What do you think? This movie sucks. It's god awful, unredeemable, irredeemable, irredeemable, mm-hmm. irredeemable. The Antichrist. It's the not the one yeah. by Lars von Trier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, flags for dads. Yes, flags for dads. Flags for dads. Uh, god, that. Before we go any further, when Jay and I saw that movie, so fo- the the two the three to thirty people that are listening at home. Jay and I went through this war movie marathon, which, by the way, Jay, Al and I just watched another war movie that really shook us to our core in a fucked way. Uh, it's called Come and See, which I don't know if I recommend this movie or not, but it was something to see. It was very graphic. Uh, anyway, anyway. Anyways, point is, 
we watched Flags for Diets, and by the end of it, we're both like, that sucked. There was no way around it. Right. We didn't even finish it. No, we did. No, we we did, but we fa- no, we fast forward through part of it. We like just yeah, went yeah. through like what else happens, and we just fast forwarded through like I think fifteen minutes of it because we're like uh-huh. we're like okay, 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 and then we like got to the end. We're like that. Oh fuck, that was so. And we didn't do we didn't watch many more after that. Like it, we struggled to watch other war movies after that. It was a little yeah. That was hard. It, it, took, uh, the, it took a lot of yeah. a lot of juice out of the thing. Yeah. All right, all right. So anyway, sucks. Yes, sucks. And basically, you add your own little modifier to it. Like this movie sucked. Whatever, whatever. You add your own modifier. Yeah. It's a free for all for that. So yeah. after right. sucks, we have meh. Right. This was. This was meh. This was, this was. Did you did you guys steal that from me? No. Mm. You feel like you stole that from me? Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Go, go on. All right, guys. All right. Again. You stole my podcast idea. You stole everything. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then, then we have the, we have like the the, the baseline. The baseline. It's a movie. Yeah. It basically, it, it's basically think competent. Med- think median across the board, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. and and you can add your own modifiers. It's a action movie. It's a comedy movie. Like, it, it does what it's supposed to, but it's not. It's not going to be something you're going to rave about to your friends. You'll be you like, can oh, even yeah. you can even say this movie is almost to like you can say a, a movie that was meh was almost a movie but wasn't quite. You can say if it it was in between that, but you have to in your modifier you have to explain why it was in between but not quite. Yeah. All right. No. Then you have Flush for this is a good movie. I really recommend you see this in theaters or the best way possible, I guess, because some some stuff is only going to be straight to streaming. Uh, So the Flush, you use any like card or poker terminology there, you know, Uh straight Flush, Aces Flush, et cetera, et cetera, Royal Flush, blah, blah, blah. And and you just need to explain like what type of Flush it is and, and why. Now you have the upper echelon of great. This movie fucks. And you say this movie fucks, this movie fucks orgy style or whatever. And you just, this fucks hard. This fucks repeatedly. This fucks so much that I'm blacking out, et cetera, et cetera. We haven't had many fucks on here. We've had a a, a few movies, some mess and... Couple flushes here and there. Yeah, and not everyone agree. We don't all agree, of course. Like I think C gave North Northman a, a fuck. A fuck. I gave I gave Northman the Northman okay. a fuck. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can tell why. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh so yeah th- that's our that's our rating system, Jay. Yeah. So please, the floor okay. is yours. Uh. Come back to me. Okay. All right. See, the floor is yours. This movie was. Flush, okay, a standard flush. You know, no, no face cards, no aces in there, but it was definitely a flush. It was the winning hand. Um, I was truly blown away by the cinematography, and at the end of the day, for me, that was without a doubt the strongest point of this movie, and it drove it home. But because it also didn't completely lag in a way I view a lot of action movies end up <clears throat> lagging, I just. Give it a solid winning hand flush. All right. So, uh, Jay, do you, do you want to go? No, you, you go. Okay. So this for me is top fucks, Maverick. Uh, 
this I think this is my first fucks. You didn't or, give Northman a fuck? Maybe I did. Maybe I did. I don't remember. It's been a while. We've been doing a lot. We've been doing some. This is our thirteenth episode, Jay. Yeah. So we. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, what can I say about this movie that hasn't already been said? You know, this is a legacy sequel, and legacy sequels have a bad rap. I would say Top Gun Maverick is the Top Gun, what Cobra Kai is to the Karate Kid. Something, a, a legacy sequel that you think, oh, there are so many levels where this could fail, you know, uh, a different director, uh, almost an entirely new cast, a new love interest, you know, and it, it, it just hits everything so well. This, this movie, this movie fucks in, in the way a fighter pilot fucks after, after they just had a dog fight and became an ace, ace pilot. You know, it's, ah, uh, yeah, no, this, this to me, I can definitely say will probably I can definitely say this will be in my top 10. Tom Cruise stretches his acting chops in a way he hasn't in years, in years. Miles Teller redeems himself as a guy who's a really good actor, really really good actor. Jennifer Connelly is going to be beautiful till for the rest of eternity. This we we need to just accept this fact. She's as beautiful as the day uh uh um, uh, uh, Labyrinth came out, you know, it, <sighs> Joseph Kaczynski, he's, he's, he's still the king. He's still a king of visual storytelling, but he's also becoming an actor's director. And I am so excited for his next project. Uh, I know it's going to look beautiful and I know the acting is going to be compelling. And, you know, Jerry Breckheimer, you know, I, I, he hasn't been making a lot of, a lot of critical hits lately, but this is looking to be his biggest critical hit in in a while. Uh, the Breck, the Bruckheimer name is still is is still something of quality, you know, and not a lot of producers can say that. This again, this is top fucks Maverick for me. So, yeah, please see this in the biggest screen you can. See this with as many people as you can. It's just th this is a movie that demands to be seen like jay you saw an early screening this demands to be seen in an early screening the only reason me and c didn't do it was because we we work so we couldn't but i i, I work too dumbass well yeah but you know we <laughs> we have real jobs i'm just kidding no you wow no. that that was, right. a dick, no, that was a dick i'm move. kidding i'm that kidding was a dick move. but in, in any case again top fucks maverick that's that's my rating so Jay, now officially the floor is yours. You have no choice. This is definitely a top fucks for me. Ooh. Um, like like, a fuck so hard I watch myself in the mirror kind of fuck. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Damn. Uh, uh, as I said, you know, at the start of this, this is what the post-modern era blockbuster should be. Um, this is also what the legacy sequel should be. There's enough of the old movie in this, but there's enough new in this as well. It's a perfect blend. It's a perfect mixture. And my favorite part about that is you you get the original Top Gun movie up to a certain point. When Maverick gets shot down, 
that's all this new movie. It's none of the old movie whatsoever. So it's an entirely new movie, and it's an entirely different third act, and it's incredible. Um, Acting-wise, it was brilliant. Uh, I, I found myself really respecting Tom Cruise in this. Um, his scene with Val Kilmer was just perfect. And, and the way the director lets that camera linger on him as well is just, is just incredible. Um, I was really happy to see Jennifer Connelly in a not-so-serious role. And I feel like anytime I watch Jennifer Connelly, it's a pretty dark, pretty serious role. Like in, in the Noah movie or Labyrinth or that one Jared Leto movie where he loses an arm... Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I can't Requiem, Requiem for, for a Dream. dream. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. Yep, yep. Also uh, directed by so, Darren Aronofsky. Yep. Yeah, dude. happy happy to see Jennifer Connelly smiling in a movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, She's gorgeous uh, when she smiles. The, the, the supplemental cast of like uh, John Hamm and the other Admiral and, and these fighter pilots, they all blend in so well into this whole kind of fighter jet family and, and 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 there's enough chemistry uh between everyone that just really works for me um i was gonna go with this yeah this this if i had a if i had to rate this it'd be eight and a half out of ten um i don't know if it's gonna be my favorite of the year it's definitely in my top 10 for the year so far um but i'm really kind of excited and interested you know my four favorite films this year so far the batman the northman jackass forever and top gun maverick and what's interesting about all those is these are very masculine films but it's very positive masculine it's not toxic toxic masculinity it's very positive masculine these these characters are talking about their feelings they're working things out they're not you know, being total douchebags or respecting women, like all the all the positive traits you want to see in in positive masculinity, we're seeing that in this whole new string of movies. Mm. Um, and I'm really I'm really all for that. Um, that's that's a great that's a great observation, Jay. I oh, I really like yeah. that. I really really like that. No, that's yeah. and, that's and, a very good point. Yeah. Um, I was worried coming into Top Gun because it had been pushed back so much and pre-pandemic that was always a bad sign but now mid or post it's just a it's just a reality it's a it's a reality and and you know as as al was saying earlier they had to you know digitally remove certain uh country markings on planes and stuff like that and then also probably just the pandemic probably just pushed filming back a lot too as well Mm -hmm. so you understand like that like i like i get why this was pushed back a lot but it also just kept building my anxiety about it because i was so ready for this and just just worried coming in but then as soon as the top gun theme kicks off at the start of it and we get that montage in the aircraft carrier i was hooked i was in i was ready for takeoff it was it was it was incredible so yeah Definitely fucks. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 again, it's it's so good that the summer blockbuster season is really hitting the ground running. 
you know this really kicked it off without a doubt yeah yeah you know it's it's again it's one of those things where god five six seven years ago i i had to kind of be convinced like oh new tom cruise action movie okay but you know opening night for every marvel movie and it's just things right. have, things have changed so long that we're now it's seeing inverted. a shift well we're seeing we're seeing a shift and yeah. i can't be mm-hmm. say i'm smart enough to know what that shift fully is but it is happening without uh, a doubt no it, i mean there's definitely there's definitely a post uh, postmodern or post in game avengers in game yes without uh, a doubt kind of blockbuster that we're seeing yes no, yeah cuz cuz in like again we everyone would say oh well the marvel movies the shoe in to be like the the talked about summer movie and no, it's 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 Top Gun, you know, mm-hmm. um, a film at the moment. That, a, a, yeah, at the moment, but a film that is is being is being sold to to audiences by two things: Tom Cruise and airplanes, you know. And that that's mm-hmm. such a that's such a callback to a time that we were all like saying, "Oh, that's gone now. It's all got to be superhero IP now. If not, you know, no one's going to be interested." And no, 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 people again. Tom Cruise, they call him the last movie star, and I'm, I'm still, I, I still say he's not just the last movie star. He's probably the greatest movie star. Honestly. Well, it's him and Denzel for me. Those are like the two last ones for me. But. I would say, well, actually, you're right. I was gonna say Tom and Will Smith, but no, now I'm like, that's I'm not like, no, 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 yeah, no. that's gone. That's gone. That's done. Well, at least for ten years, then yeah. the world will forgive him. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, apparently, Michael Jordan doesn't want Will Smith to play him in a movie anymore. So, oh shit! All right. So that's nice. that's yeah. The goat speaks. Well, uh, <laughs> I am so happy that Jay was our first guest host. Yes, I'm actually. This is why, like, I really wanted to like. Yeah, when we couldn't get a hold of you for a little while, I was like, no, let's make sure we do this. Not only does Jay need to be a part of this review, but he needs to be our first guest without a doubt. Yes, I'm so happy we I, made it happen. No, I am. I am so so happy this this happened, and and I gotta say the 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 product's gonna speak for itself. Literally, I, I, this this is an episode I'm very excited about, gentlemen. Yeah. I really really am. You're gonna you have you got some editing work on you, but otherwise this is great. Yeah, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Now now we cut uh, out, we gotta cut out every time Jay speaks, but it'll work. Now it'll be good. now. Uh, wow. Jay, Jay, obviously we're going to have you back. Yes. We don't, we don't know when, we don't know where, but we will have you back. Uh, but just in case, uh, let the people know, like, what are the films you're looking forward to down down this uh, some summer movie blockbuster season? Yeah. So you don't have to look too far ahead. Yeah, nothing too far. I'm going to look this up. Uh, for the listeners' information, I have had a very, very busy... <laughs> 2022 no kidding no kidding um and and it's only getting busier so let me look at what's coming up soon oh oh uh the the movie i'm gonna see next week uh when i can is the bob's burgers movie yeah oh yeah that's that's gonna be our next review actually yeah i'm so up for that um I'm hearing a lot of good things about Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, no. Here's the funny thing. Al and I have been going, you know, we go to so many theaters. We have been seeing the Elvis trailer like a thousand and five times. It's right. the same thing. So when at, almost... at Top Gun Maverick, though, we got a slightly different one and we were so just, happy. Yeah, I got that too. We were so happy. Yeah. We were like, thank God it's different. But yes, I've been hearing great things about it and it looks great. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been, 
it's getting a lot of good reviews. Mm-hmm. So, you know, interested about that. And, 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 you know, I like Baz Luhrmann, but he's hit or miss for me. Oh, no, no, Lisa. that's, that's literally a, the definition of his career, hit or miss. Yeah. But yeah, people are, people miss. are saying, oh, more this miss is a for hit. me, but yes, he's, he's, and I just want to see a movie where he does more than one song. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, where you're... the song, oh, uh, or where the songs aren't the thing they're just throwing in your face all the fucking time. Yeah. No, yeah. that, that, yeah. Uh, uh, Apparently, there's a Golden Girls documentary coming out. What? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing this right here. It's a. Oh well, actually, nope. It's a. It's a screening of their most popular episodes. Never mind. Okay. I might go anyways. Okay. <laughs> there you um, go. Uh, I should probably and go then and then, uh, I really like the first Detective Pikachu, and I think there's another one coming up. Oh, nice. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that uh, one, too. Or, or it's a, it looks like it's a re-air. I don't know. Oh, uh, there's a film called... There's Regal app, is it? There's a fun movie called Bullet Train coming out. That looks like a really fun action. Oh, yeah, Bullet Train with... Uh, with uh, Brad Pitt. Space. Yeah. That looks like a good, a good See, uh, one. See, that's also another well. example of, like, we're seeing... You're talking about this new era, Jay. We're getting this new era where, fun, like, action movies are being shot in a really unique and interesting way. At least in America. Mm-hmm. I should say, in America, you've gotten plenty of, any, plenty of action movies in various countries in Asia and Europe where they were shot in interesting ways. But, like, both Top Gun and Bullet Train have this really unique way of being shot that I'm very intrigued right. by. So I'm very, mm-hmm. I am excited mm-hmm. for the future of this, as you've been pointing out. And yeah. Bullet Train and, looks and, awesome. And you know what's crazy is like, like they could have shot Top Gun Maverick uh, in a movable uh, uh, flight simulator cockpit and the Mandalorian uh, stage. Yeah. Surround stage. And they could have shot that, but they went, they really went for it. Forget the real experience. And I'm, I'm all for that. Oh, yeah. Practical effects will always be. You know, I have to admit, I got a real, um, real, uh, not just not just because it include aspects of it, it was about the armed forces, but I got a real lone survivor vibe from this, where they just really took a really innovative way of shooting it. Obviously, lone mm-hmm. survivors, not fighter pilots, but they did. They shot it in a very, it sounds cheesy, but a very real way. That's the only way I can think of it. Where they really, in lone survivor, they really fall. They really get hurt. At the end of the day, obviously there's wires attached. Mm-hmm. They're 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 reasonable when right. shooting it, but like there was a very real and like honest way they shot it, and which also made it innovative. And I got sort of that similar vibe in the way they shot those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's sort of there's a like one fake shot in Lone Survivor, and then that's and the rest of it is like all right right there. So yeah. No, oh, so that's, yeah. Wow. So gentlemen, I, I do apologize, but we gotta call it a night. It's. This is going to be one of our longest reviews ever. Yep. <laughs> Worth it. Uh, worth it. Well, in any case, uh, this is our this has been our review for Top Gun Maverick with our guest host, Jay. Woo! Uh, so this is What Do You Think? I'm Al. I'm C. And everyone have a good night. See ya.